I hope you guys had a great weekend. I had a real busy weekend. I hope all of you had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you ate lots of turkey. Uh, I, on the other hand, committed a felony by going to a Thanksgiving feast at my father's house. But the Los Angeles SWAT team didn't bust through the windows and arrest any of us, so good for us. Took a few days off. Now, there's some news. Let's go over it. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, my favorite time of season, Christmas season and Hanukkah season for all you folks of the Jewish descent, which my son-in-law is, so I need to remember not to forget about Christmas. A lot of stuff going on in the world today. Uh, I actually wrote this probably last week, but there are some things we need to talk about. There's some actual big news. Uh, the Supreme Court, in a 5-4 to four ruling, ordered that New York could not place restrictions on church services without treating other businesses the same way. So you've heard that New York is being absolutely you know, anti-religion, uh, especially Judaism and Christianity. They've just gone right after them. Uh, and they put limits on who can open and who can't and how much they can keep. They had one one law that said you could only have 10 people in the church at a time. If you've ever been to St. Patrick's Cathedral, that is absolutely asinine. The place is gigantic. Yes, you can lower capacity. But to sit back and say that no one can go or you have only... Um, you can only have a few people going. It's just, it's it's crazy. It's ludicrous. Uh, of course, the media, who which hates religion too, is blaming Amy Coney Barrett because she ended up being the deciding vote. And, and what the hell is wrong with John Roberts? Can I ask you a question? How is this case, well, how is this case not even 9-0? This case should be, hey, you can't just sit there and stop people from praying. It is considered essential to a lot of people out there. Why was this five to four? Not why did Amy Coney Barrett, Barrett vote for this to say that, no, the state cannot stop you from going to church. The question is, how is John Roberts and the rest of those, the other four, how can they sit there and not vote for it? It's absolutely crazy. And it just shows the attack on um, religion. And it also just shows what kind of jerk off John Roberts is. One of the worst picks for Supreme Court justice, probably in the history of the world. I mean, he's just a complete ass. Another thing that happened, the head of the Iranian nuclear program was killed in Iran this weekend. Apparently, uh, his death was uh, an organized hit. Uh, there were apparently 64, 56 to 64 people involved in the attack. Um, there was technology used in the attack. Uh, the gun was apparently a turret, an automatic remote-controlled turret that killed him. Bunch of spotters, bunch of backup soldiers, and so they went out. Um, Iran right now is blaming Israel, and from all intents and purposes, this could definitely be a hit on Israel. A hit by Israel, and that would make sense. I mean, who has the most to lose if Iran actually comes up with a nuclear weapon. It's, it's going to be Israel, uh, because that's who Iran wants blown off the face of the earth, and one nuclear weapon can actually do that. It's I mean, Israel is really, really small. You walk across the city. So, good for them. If they did it, they got rid of uh, that piece of garbage. 
Uh, for some reason, the Biden team is absolutely throwing a hissy fit about it because they've decided they want to start a new uh, Iran nuclear deal, which great because the last one worked so bad. John Brennan, who was the uh, CIA director uh, during the Obama administration, actually lied to Congress and probably should be in prison. He said uh, these assassinations, he tweeted, excuse me, these assassinations are far different than strikes against terrorist leaders and operatives of groups like al-Qaeda and the Islamic State, which are not sovereign states. As illegitimate combats under international law, they can be targeted in order to stop deadly terrorist attacks. So my big question for Mr. Brennan is, uh, Iran commits deadly terrorist attacks. He continues, so what's the difference? You're not supposed to attack them? So he continues, I do not know whether a foreign government authorized or carried out the murder of, of uh, Fakhrizadeh or whatever his name is. Such an act of state-sponsored terrorism would be a flagrant violation of international law and encourage more governments to carry out lethal attacks against foreign officials. This isn't a foreign official. These are. This is a terrorist nation. And this is, by the way, the reason I'm bringing it up, this is the crap you're going to see with the Biden administration. This is everything with the Biden administration. So, Brennan continues, this was a criminal act and highly reckless. It risks lethal retaliation and a new round of regional conflict. Iranian leaders would be wise to wait for the return of responsible American leadership, of course that's a slap on Trump, on the global stage to resi and resist the urge uh, to respond to the perceived culprits. So, you know, I am so tired of hearing how Iran is going to strike back. If this was Israel, if Israel, and they won't admit it, sat back and said, yeah, it's us, the question is going to be, what are you going to do about it? Israel is has no problem going at freaking Iran. They don't want to? But Iran is a threat. Iran, you know, this is a country that is saying death to America all the time. This is a country that is saying uh, Israel needs to be wiped from the face of the earth all the time. So the big question is, why is it everyone's working to appease uh, all the Democrats, the Biden administration and so forth? Why are they working to appease Iran? They are a terrible country. They are a terrorist country. You know what? I'm glad that guy's dead. I, I'm glad they killed him. Too bad they didn't just drop a bomb on his ass, and that would have been it. Probably would have been faster. would have been a lot cheaper. Next story is from the Daily Wire. <clears throat> a survey conducted of 1,750 Biden voters in seven swing states between November 9th and November 18th found that the news media's suppression of stories that would have hurt former Vice President Joe Biden's electoral chances had such a significant effect that the suppression could have swung the election away from President Trump. Wait a minute. Duh. As Newsbusters reports, the Media Research Center asked the polling company to survey voters in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, all states that were called for Biden except North Carolina. The survey asked respondents what they knew about eight specific issues or stories that the mainstream media felt the or the MRC felt the media had not adequately covered the survey found that 70% of Biden voters surveyed said they would had not have voted 
for him if they had known at least about one uh, if they had known about at least one of these stories so let's go over those percentages and then i've got some comments about this so tara reed's sexual assault claim was the first one um again joe biden was very creepy way before he was accused of raping tara reed and tara reed's rape accusation is kind of iffy she it may have happened it may not but it's definitely something worth looking at 34.35.4% said they did not know about the accusation 8.9% said they would have voted for someone else if trump if uh, biden if this head story had come out how do 35% not know about this story that's a big question well i guess if you watch cnn full time that's all you hear is how nothing would have happened Okay, the Hunter Biden laptop scandal. 45% said, 45.1% said they didn't know about it, and 9.4% would have voted for someone else. Now, what's messed up about this is it shows corruption within the Biden family. That's one. It shows that the creepiness of old Joe is pretty much inherited by his son. And by the way, all of that stuff is on the internet. You can actually go on the internet and view that stuff. So it's still out there. Kamala Harris' radical views and her past. 25% knew, uh, uh, did not know about them. And 4% would have changed their vote. That's not a surprise. I, uh, how 25%... Kamala Harris has really been is really a newbie to politics. I mean, she's a first-term senator. Uh, she, I, this woman blew her way past, uh, all the way up the ladder to vice president. And, uh, she's going to blow something for the pre for the current president, probably his brains out if she ever gets the shot. So pre-election jobs report. This one really surprised me. I thought that the economy go going down to 6.4% unemployment was going to be kind of a big deal. I said, if it got under seven, it was going to be a big deal. Well, he got it to 6.4%, which, by the way, is better than, is pretty much the same as where uh, Barack Obama had it for his eight years. Well, people thought, well, people would have thought that the same thing if the legacy media had said something, I think. 39.4% were unaware, 5.4% would have changed their vote. I find the fact that 5.4% would have changed their vote kind of a curiosity since, you know, the economy is kind of important, but the alleged rape allegation got almost 9%. I don't know. I, it makes me wonder. Huge spike in economic growth. Uh, this is number, oh, what number is that? Uh, one, two, three, four. So number five, huge spike in economic growth. This would have uh, surprised me if it weren't for the fact that most people don't know what gross domestic product is, which is GDP. GDP is a rise in value of goods and services. The more demand, the higher people sell them, sell their products and services, and the higher the GDP. Trump, in the last quarter during COVID, had a jump of over 30%. Now, mind you, Trump's GDP numbers have always been good. He has always been between 2 and 4%. Um, actually closer to three, uh, upper twos, uh, 2.8% up. He's actually been over three, a couple of times, which are excellent GDP numbers. This is something Biden administration will benefit, 
uh, from when by if Biden takes office because COVID is going to break and the GDP numbers are going to go up. The problem Biden's going to have is he's got to face a number like 30 percent. And I think he's going to, with all the regulations, if he decides to jump on to the Paris Climate Accord, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, I don't think it's going to jump that high. 49% were unaware of the economy growth. 56 would have changed their vote. Again, I'm surprised that the economy doesn't seem to be a real issue with these respondents. Again, it's only 1,750 people, so... His uh, number six historic peace agreements in the Middle East. This is something that was completely ignored by everybody. I think Republicans and President Trump even didn't tout this enough. These are huge peace deals. These are record-setting peace deals. UAE, Bahrain. Now it's looking like Saudi Arabia is going to join in, and the Sudan are going to join in in these peace talks. Yet no one really wants to talk about it. 43, I mean, we're talking in the last 50 years since, let's go way back for when Jimmy Carter was president, 1976, there have been only two peace deals brokered since that time. One by Carter, one by Clinton. Donald Trump is on the precipice before his presidency ends of definitely doing two, but possibly having four peace deals in the Middle East. But that's not seen as a big deal. 43.5% were unaware of these peace deals. 5% would have switched their vote. Uh, Considering that Joe Biden belonged to administration, administration who caused a problem, who was involved in Syria, wanted to be involved in Syria, created ISIS, uh, was involved in Libya, overthrowing Libya. You'd think that people would be actually really interested in keeping Trump going because we're looking at war with Biden. And listening to some of his advisors, I don't think that's going to change. Energy independence for the United States. 50.5% are unaware, 58 are, would have switched if they knew. Again, economy, terrorism, all of that crap goes into something that people barely move an inch on. This is all important stuff. Success of Operation War Speed. 36.1% of Biden voters were unaware of the administration's role. 5.3% would have, percent would have abandoned uh, a Biden. Not only did people not know the reason why there have been three vaccines created within a year in record time and a bunch of therapeutics for COVID-19. And not only do they not know, everyone, the only thing the news media is reporting is that there are a lot of COVID cases. What they're not reporting is COVID death has gone way down, way down. We are one of the lowest We have one of the lowest mortality rates in the world right now. Our deaths per million is way down. I think we may be at 16, 17 right now. I have to look at the statistics. At one point, we were at 13, but we were about to be surpassed by, uh, I believe it was definitely Brazil, but there was another country that was going to pass us. So it's amazing that people don't realize 
what Trump has actually done and what Biden has actually done in his career. Trump has accomplished a lot. It's really hard to watch him go if he actually loses this. I'm trying to be positive. My dad gives me just a ton of ration of shit about it by me sitting there saying I don't think he's going to make it. But, okay, it's just disgusting. Now, why is there such a, dis- a disparity in Biden voters? What does this tell us? It tells us a few things. One, the media lies and the Democrats bashing and lies have taken their toll. It tells us that the media never asking Biden questions helped Biden. I would say that the Biden, uh, the numbers probably shifted about 10 to 12 points. Uh, One of the things we need to do, get rid of mail-in ballots. A lot of people that voted shouldn't have. And the reason is they didn't know anything about the policies. They didn't know anything about the candidates. And this is a bad thing. Remember, I, I said this in a previous, I said this in a previous podcast. Voting should be inconvenient. It should be inconvenient because not everybody should be voting. If you are a real voter, you will deal with the inconvenience to to vote. If you are not a real voter, you'll just like, oh, screw it. You know, I'm not going to go, blah, blah, blah. We need to get those blah, blah, blahs out of the voter rolls. Those people should not be voting. We need to get rid of er- mail-in uh, early. We need to get rid of early balloting. Um, why people are casting votes before the third debate is beyond me. Why people are voting before we get more information on the economy, like the GDP numbers and the unemployment, though it seems like mostly people don't know anyway, or they're not being reported. Um, there were a ton of things that came out after a bunch of people had voted. Uh, the second debate, uh, which the second debate was one, the Biden laptop, a Hunter Biden laptop, the discovery of these vaccines, which actually seem to be withheld. I mean, there's lots of reasons why you wait until you have one day to vote and that's it. The media was the killer here. But so was how we ran this election. The reality is, if you do not hear about about all of the above, you probably shouldn't have voted. If you did not know about Tara Reid, if you didn't know about the economic numbers. This also tells us we need to get rid the world of the mainstream legacy media. We need to find our news from sources like The Blaze, The Daily Wire, One America News, Newsmax, so that we can get more honest information. Because we didn't get any honest information from the uh, legacy media, the mainstream media. Um, Yes, these publications that I just said, they're slanted too. They're no different. They're conservative-leaning, but they admit they're conservative-leaning. But they do allow for other people to actually make comments and say things. Um, They do make comparisons. And that's what we need to do. We need to get rid of Fox News. I, you heard me. I said it right. We need to get rid of Fox News. We need to get rid of CNN, MSNBC, CBS, NBC, um, ABC, CNN, or, um, um, Reuters, the AP. They're all dead. 
So this next story comes from uh, the Washington Examiner, which I actually really like that newspaper. I, I subscribe to the Wall Street Journal, but I should really read the Washington Examiner a little more often. President-elect Joe Biden gave his first post-election interview on Tuesday discussing his plans with NBC News. He ran through the strategy to handle coronavirus that sounded remarkably, remarkably like the continuation of what the Trump administration is already doing. What a shock. And actually, if you go to his website, uh, he's got a list and it's everything Trump did six months ago. So, Plus, Biden will benefit from the introduction of vaccines, plural, created as a result of President Trump's Operation Warp Speed program, which Biden's probably going to end. The Biden plan might be called, not by Democrats, of course, continue what Trump started. Great idea. Uh, the order in which he listed his priorities would be revealing. And the first thing he said was immigration. This is what Biden said on immigration. Quote, some of it's going to depend on the kind of cooperation I can get from the United States Congress, but I'm going to make a commitment in the first hundred days. I will send an immigration bill to the United States Senate with a pathway to citizenship for over 11 million undocumented people in America. Awesome. So during a pandemic with millions of Americans and illegal immigrants out of work in this country, uh, Joe Biden is going to make it, it being illegal legal. So much for Sleepy Creepy Joe being a law-abiding president. Biden will also, okay, I'm going to quote this. This is Biden will also institute a 100-day freeze on deportations. Uh, there is no good policy reason to do this. It was, oh, I'm sorry, I'm reading this from the, I'm reading this from the examiner. Uh, Biden will also institute a 100-day freeze on deportations. There is no good policy reason to do so, but it was popular pledge on the Democratic campaign trail that by, that, uh, and Biden committed to it back in March. Also, the Biden-Sanders Unity Task Force, the effort to reconcile Biden's programs with rival Bernie Sanders at the end of the Democratic campaign, Committed to a 100-day deportation moratorium. Okay, so, yeah, that's great. That's what we need. Don't deport people that are illegal. And by the way, that goes for criminals. It, they, they said that criminals will get that. Trump failed. <coughs> uh, the examiner continues. Trump failed in his effort to end DACA the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program begun by President Obama, literally begun by President Obama. He did it through executive order. This is not a law. Even though Obama instituted the program using only his executive authority, courts stopped Trump from using his executive authority to end it. You see, that's our problem with our courts. They become activist courts. This is just wrong. Where was I? The Trump admit, um, bah, bah, bah. that was clear, clearly an act of judicial activism, but has kept DACA, oh, I should probably read the stuff before I actually comment, because I'm, they're pretty much saying the same thing I'm saying. It has kept DACA alive for the next Democratic administration to revive. The Biden team has said it will reinstate the full DACA on day one of the new administration. Okay, this is what I got to say about this. Listen, this is something Josie and I 
disagree on, and Josie is a Hispanic woman. She is a legal resident of the United States. Why she's not a freaking citizen yet, I have no idea. She just won't take her test. But I do ha not have a problem with DACA other than it other than the problem is it came through executive order and doesn't have any due process built into it. It basically says anybody who's been here for X number of years suddenly is is legal. That includes criminals. The Trump administration thought the same thing. They liked DACA. Trump liked DACA. He had no problem making people legal. He, he just wanted it. He wanted to overturn it because he wanted Congress to come up with a plan and he would have signed it if he agreed with it. The Obama executive order just said that no one under a certain age could be, nobody who came into this country under a certain age could be deported. That's really a loose interpretation of what a law is. Laws should be created, should not be created by a president. Laws should be created by a conference, uh, a Congress. They should have a framework. They should have a process. DACA, the DACA executive order created by Barack Obama didn't have either. It should have been overturned in the courts. Continuing with the uh, uh, Washington Examiner piece, then there is the wall. What happens now? During the Democratic primary, some candidates vowed to tear down the wall, but Biden said he will not do that. Instead, he plans to stop the project cold. Quote, there will not be another foot of wall construction in my administration, he told the Dallas Morning News last August. Biden plans to say what opponents of the physical barrier have always said, that he wants to emphasize high-tech surveillance measures, a virtual wall, to stop illegal crossings. It won't work, but it is sure to get support in Congress. The virtual wall is nothing. There is no such thing as a virtual wall. It's doublespeak for putting cameras and letting Border Patrol track down illegal aliens instead of preventing them from coming over the border in the first place. Funny thing is, his base wants to eliminate Border Patrol and ICE, so calling it a virtual wall is just stupid. You're going to let people go through, we're going to have nice pictures of them, but no one to be able to go out and arrest them. We'll have a lot of cameras seeing illegals cross, but no one to pick them up. It's just, it's it's stupid. It's asinine. Okay, this is uh, the last statement. Biden pledges to do all that and more to dismantle Trump's immigration program. Republicans believe, with good reason, that Biden's arrival in the White House will likely lead to a surge of people trying to cross illegally in the United States, and the countdown is on. This is all true, and we have seen it before. We saw it during the Obama administration. We saw it during the first part of the Trump administration. I find it ironic that the left says how awful this country is, yet they tell everyone from every other country to come in. They do that for two reasons. First, the Democrats get a brand new bunch of voters. Don't forget, they also want illegal immigrants to be able to vote. Second, they're trying to turn the United States into a third world country. The more people, the less work will be available. The less work available, the more the government is dependent on by the people who are out of work. The more dependence by the people on the government, the more power the government gets. Sorry to tell you, but the formula is that simple. And too many people in this country are too freaking dumb or brainwashed to see it. 
And that's why someone like me sits and points all this crap out. And my friends and my girl, my fiance points it out to me. She is horribly against illegal immigration. She believes you should be in here legally, and that's it. Uh, according to Fox News, uh, or actually this is, this is from the Daily Wire quoting Fox News, Stephen Moore, Distinguished Visiting Fellow, Project, the Project for Economic Growth at the Heritage Foundation, slammed Joe Biden during an interview on Thanksgiving, saying Biden's policies, specifically his desire to rejoin the Paris Climate Accord, are going to harm American workers. This is, instead of quoting him, this is what he said. Steve, I want to switch topics real quick to the uh, climate agenda by the president-elect. Yes. You wrote an op-ed on Fox News uh, titled, Biden wants us to rejoin the Paris Climate Accord. Why? It puts America last. I think we know where you stand on this. Explain. Well, this is disheartening. One of the, I think one of the uh, best things that Donald Trump did when he came into office, and we had talked to him in the campaign about this, that the, the climate change, uh, the Paris Climate Change Treaty is, is a joke. I mean, it, the single biggest polluter in the world by far, by far, Rick, is China. And it doesn't require China to do anything for another 10 years. Meanwhile, we have to shut down our coal plants. We have to shut down our oil and gas uh, facilities that, that employ you know, millions of workers. We have to use more expensive energy while China and India and, uh, and Russia laugh behind our back. So I, I don't think it's a very wise thing to do. Uh, as, as I said, you know, in my note uh, this week to our subscribers, this doesn't put America first, it puts America last because American workers are the ones who are gonna have to lose their jobs while the rest of the world, you know, especially the countries that are the big polluters don't have to change their behavior. All right, we'll leave it there. Steve Moore, thanks very much and uh, enjoy the rest of your holiday. I don't think I have much more to add than that. The Paris Climate Accord is a way to level the playing field with the United States economically. The United States is the most powerful country in history, economically. No other country, including China, can keep up with us. This agreement does nothing but force the United States to implement regulations on businesses. That's it. No one else in the agreement has to do that, or is committed to do that. Not to mention, all of the restrictions on car carbon uh, release is made upon countries themselves, uh, carbon restrictions is made by countries themselves and is not binding, and there are no consequences. For example, and don't quote me on this, but Obama said the United States would lower carbon emissions by 33% by, I believe it was 2035. The China said the biggest polluters in the world by far would only lower theirs by 15% by 2035. And here's the big kicker. It, there's no commitment. If if the United States or if China does not lower their standards by what they said, then nothing happens. Nothing changes. A Biden, uh, Obama committed to lowering climate change by 33%. Biden's going to commit too. And he's going to lower it. He's going to want to lower it. But China, they're not going to. They've actually got, they've increased since the, they joined the Paris Climate Accord. Question, why join something that does not restrict our competitors but puts heavy restrictions on us? The Paris 
Cli Paris Climate Accord is the globalist love fest the left wants to be part of. The United States isn't a great country, isn't a great country according to them, and probably shouldn't be a country at all. Looking at Biden's immigration plans, he agrees. Obama believed that. That's why he cruised all through Europe, apologizing for the United States kicking ass against tyranny during World War One and World War Two. It's really, really, really disgusting. And I know I, I I'm over already, but it's been so long, and I'm having so much fun. Let's go with one uh, more story. The love fest for Sleepy Creepy Joe has begun. He has decided that not only is he going to bring his two dogs, he's going to get a cat. Hua. The media is all wet over this for whatever reason. I am not kidding. This is considered a, quote, exclusive news, end quote, by ABC News. This is from the Daily Wire. Many of us love animals, including those that go to the White House to live with presidents. But media is fawning over the announcement that Joe Biden would get a cat for his administration. Shows exactly what kind of coverage we can expect of the Biden administration over the next four years. I'm sorry, it was CBS. CBS Sunday morning tweeted Friday evening that not only would the Bidens bring their two German shepherds to the White House, but the family but that the family tell us exclusively, quote, tell us exclusively that soon they'll be joined by a cat. Uh, this shows us what we can expect for the next four years. Is exactly right. No one is going to be talking about policies like I just discussed. They're going to be talking about an effing cat. The reason I bring this story up is because there are a lot of moral lessons that we can unravel with this. Um, first off, cats suck. I Let's call it what it is. Their crap smells, well, like crap. They play with you when you don't want them to play and won't play with you when you want them to play with you. Their tongues are made of sandpaper. They're they claw the shit out of everything. They swing on the curtains when your father-in-law comes over for a visit, and he hates cats. Okay. Okay, I own cats. That's, yeah, I know cats. I know what they're like. And I'm allergic to them, too. They suck. The only redeeming factor about having a cat is when they piss you off, you can just open the door and there's a good chance they'll run away and never come back. I really hate cats. I, and I'm not saying let's go kill cats or anything. I'm saying cats suck. Uh, finally, this is our media. They will always find a silver lining whenever Joe Biden makes a crappy decision, like getting a cat. Oh yeah, and DACA and illegal immigration and joining the rejoining the Paris Climate Accords. Th those those suck too. But a cat? Come on now. Well, maybe Joe Biden should have gotten a cat a little earlier. Apparently, over the weekend, Joe Biden tripped over his dog. I think his dog's named Major. I don't know, whatever. It's a, it's a German Shepherd, which, by the way, that's a man's dog. I like German Shepherds. He apparently jumped, tripped over. They thought he had sprained his ankle. 
It turned out he may have a hairline fracture in his foot. They're doing major. You know, it's it's good to have a president that is so feeble that just playing with the dog could get you seriously injured that you need an MRI and spend waste doctor's time for that. President Trump released uh, <laughs> released a tweet, and I think it was trolling. Uh, I'll tell you what. It, President Trump is the troll master. You'll find that out tomorrow. He released a tweet saying, I hope Joe Biden recovers quickly. Now, in itself, I'm sure Twitter marked it as, you know, debated or whatever they mark them as. But the question is going to be, um, was he trolling or was he saying something nice? You can't tell. My guess is he's trolling. Now, Trump has said he never had a dog at the White House. He never had a cat at the White House. He said he didn't have freaking time to deal with a dog or a cat. I find it amazing that, you know, now we've got Biden who's going to be joined by two German shepherds, a cat, probably three parakeets, and an iguana. He's obviously got some time on his hands. Why? Because Kamala Harris will be one, uh, running everything. God, the next four years are going to be a rocky ride. Okay, you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can follow me on Parlor at Dumbasses Talking Politics. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, and YouTube. You can visit my website where you can take a look at any audio, video, graphics, and all the links that I get this information from at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I hope you folks had a great holiday. Happy Monday. Happy Workday. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>